Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name's Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. Uh, I'm John Wilson. I'm here this week. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at John Reads Comics. And I forgot to mention yesterday that I have a podcast launching on Friday. I should I should throw that out there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so all you folks out there who might want to jump the comic book pond to the Marvel side of things, um, this Friday, launching with three episodes. We'll be doing Make Ours Marvel, which is um, a journey through the early days of the Marvel Comics universe. Um, a friend of mine and I are talking about basically all of the Marvel Universe-related books, starting with Fantastic Four number one. And um, we do as many comics as we can in an hour, which is usually about three or four. And yeah, so that's starting this Friday makeoursmarvel.com at makeoursmarvel on Twitter. There's a trailer up. You can listen to it and the three episodes will be available. You can download them on your way to go see Avengers Infinity War. Oh, there you go. You you got the domain makeoursmarvel.com? Yep. How did you get away with that one? I blew it. Isn't that... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go <laughs> uh, back to yesterday. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. No. That's good on you for getting that that name. That that's a steal. You know. That's. I mean, we've been trying to get some more Marvel people on this show to like just kind of have some contrast and opinions. And I I before we started recording Dawn of Justice, I got turned down a lot by people who were like, I, "Yeah, I don't. I'm good. I don't want to." And it's like. Okay, but that's the whole point. We want you on the show, but it's weird that we got you on the show and you just so happen to have a Marvel podcast. And it's like, oh, okay, this really worked out for us. Um, well, it, it's crazy because my Superman fandom is is relatively, I mean, relatively young compared to other people mm-hmm. our age. Um, I say our age. I'm not sure how old y'all are, but I'm almost forty. Um, and but I was a Marvel kid growing up. Spider Man was my guy for you know so much of my life and he's still my number two character but once i started getting into superman um he quickly became my number one character um but i've been reading superman comics for about nine years and in those nine years i've read probably half of his history um so it's it's been a it's been a lot of superman but in a relatively short amount of time I think, um, you know, 2014 with Superman, Earth One, and then Man of Steel. Yeah, let's say people didn't like Man of Steel very much. It still, it still broke, it still started opening the door to people wanting a better class of, of Superman stories, you know, like, it, yeah, maybe it was like ripping a Band-Aid off kind of thing, but we've now started to see people really caring about Superman mythology, Superman history, and, and Superman growth as a character. And I think that really has started happening in the past you know, five years. Um, and maybe there's some backlash because people are still stuck in their old ways, but we, for people who want 
good storytelling, we're starting to demand that now with our Superman stories. Um, Batman has got, you know, that was done very early on with him. So in the 90s, they started saying, hey, we want to really redefine Batman. We really want to, you know, make stories that are great and that involve the character. And it seems like now, 80 years later, we're finally starting to say, hey, we want good, good Superman stories. Um, they were very, hit, you know, a, a diamond in the rough type stories, you know, all-star Superman. Um, or they had to get really crazy to to be taken notice of, like Red Sun. Um, but it, it, it seems like we want we want good storytelling. We want character growth. We want to see Superman really wrestle with things. Um, and, and I feel like we've been doing that lately. Yeah, get some real, get some real um, themes in there, not just – I mean, emotional moments are, are great. You know, seeing him wrestling with characters and seeing him raising his son and stuff in the comics is, is good. I like that. But, like, get some complex themes. Get some complex ideas. Have him wrestle with those. Um, and and that it raises the level of the story you're telling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, the reason Batman and Spider-Man do so well is because they get that. They they are given the reins to, to do storytelling in that way. And so, like, those two characters just have a tremendous wealth of great stories. Like, yeah, there might be an easy top three stories of Batman or Spider-Man, but that doesn't mean that their pool of, of, you know, stories that you could pull from aren't great. They're just, there's just so many of them, you know? And I'm pretty sure the top best Superman stories for, for me or someone in another room, or if I go call someone right now and ask them what their favorite Superman stories, they're probably going to be pretty much the same because they just, there it's just those you know they're usually pretty much all the same superman stories typically yeah it's like the top five maybe yeah yeah it's like okay if you know it's always going to be pretty much the same i think we were doing that with like um batman and superman stories and it, it kept being the uh the world's finest episode of, mm-hmm. and it was just like okay so we're what we, what we're saying is there's not enough stories yeah to go around because obviously we all keep picking the same one. So it seems like nowadays we're starting to make that change where it's like, okay, we need, we need to really throw Superman out and around. And, uh, you know, a good point of that is injustice. You know, they said, Hey, let's, let's really turn the character on its head and, uh, see how he can deal with, you know, real loss. And so like, he's been, you know, they've been doing that storyline and it's actually turned out much better than I thought it was. You know, like when injustice first was like, Hey, we're going to have evil Superman. Uh, Batman's not a fan of it, but, uh, it seemed like it was just like a thing to sell a video. Game. Yeah, it really was like, okay, well we have to have him fight for somehow. Let's, yeah. let's make a storyline. But no, the, the second game came out and it was like, wow, this, uh, not even the second game, the second year of the book came out and it yeah. was like, Hey, this isn't just a, comic book based off of a video game like yeah. this has Tom its own, Taylor really yeah. just was like all was right like a whole world let's jump off this yeah. cliff and so that in my opinion it's just a great example of like you know we just got that story like five well, years yeah, ago mm-hmm. whenever so, um whenever they were relaunching everything back in 2011 I got to go to San Diego comic-con yeah and uh one of the I guess party lines for lack of a 
more flattering word that DC was using at the time is that we're keeping as we relaunch these characters, we're keeping the core stories in their background, the, the the core ideas and the core stories that define who the character is. Those are still there. Those moments are still there in their lives. It's just, you know, they're younger, they're doing all these things. So, you know, at San Diego Comic-Con, when the DC panel is all lined up there and Grant Morrison sitting up there and the people are sitting there, I got up the microphone and said, so what are the key moments of Superman? What are the key stories of his history that are, that are keeping in his background? Their answer he died. And like, that was the only yep. story of Superman <laughs> that they were going to commit to having been part of his, his, his life. Barbara Gordon, she still gets yeah. shot. That is questionable about whether or not, you know, that really is how we wanted to find Barbara Gordon. But that conversation about Barbara mm-hmm. Gordon was really in the same place back in 2011 that it is now that I think that, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, for, for Batman, you know, he still has multiple Robins. You know, parents get killed. Uh, kind of died and came back. Damien is his son. All these things. For Superman, he died. That's it. And then came back. And Yeah, no, died. not even that. Because it was just the new 52 Superman that they were building on top of that oh. that they completely changed. And then, yeah, you know, what, six years later or whatever, they were just like, oh, you guys wanted the, re- the, the old Superman? Yeah, I guess we'll give him to you. Yeah. That's just hashtag. Man. Red, that was that. Trunks, that is John. That is one thing that peeved me off: the death of New Fifty Two Superman. Untimely, unneeded, unnecessary. And so, thing. like, I don't know. People like some people like New Fifty Two Superman. I, I, I like, uh, dude, I like, he was I like New 52 amazing. Oh, he was amazing, man. They, Especially in the last run, there, the the last days of Superman. Oh boy, that was some good stuff. <laughs> even the truth storyline oh, 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 was all oh, right. Oh, even oh, the truth storyline was all right. Dude, the truth storyline did so much with the character that they broke yeah. the rules in order to tell new kinds of stories. What is Superman? Yeah. Superman has all these powers and he always tries to do the right thing and he always has enough power to do the rightiest right thing that the mm-hmm. right thing can be. So what is Superman going to do if you take him down 10 notches? If now suddenly the best right thing is unattainable. Now we've got to choose a almost right thing because it's the best we can do in the moment. You know, we have, we have much more yeah. complex questions of morality, much more complex questions of how to be a hero if you no longer have the power to do the best thing possible. And they, and yeah, New Fifty Two Superman. No, right. saying, and they, and Sorry, they, and they did that during that summer of of truth and everything else, and and I was there for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that character really knew how. I mean, they they knew how to write that character to be. I I don't know. Like self sacrifice was one of the biggest, uh, you know, driving forces in that whole storyline, um, and. You know, it kind of mirrors the death of, you know, years ago. But at the same time, in the death of, it just seemed like two pages went by. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's when he decides that Superman is just going to sacrifice himself. That's when they decide that, oh, I guess I just need to punch him real hard. It's like stupid. In the truth storyline and like the last days, it took him weeks, months to realize like, hey, I can't be what I'm trying to be. And then they just end up killing him. It's like uh, they kill him for a 
quote unquote better version that's just coming back. It's like, what do you, what, come on. Why did you take this Undeserved. character that was like riddled with flaws that was trying to overcome them and doing a damn good job at it? Why? Take and the weird away? thing is, is the way comics are planned. I mean, the, the seeds for him dying in the final days of Superman were planted when mm-hmm. Jeff Johns did a run back in Superman 32. So Superman 32, 20 issues before the end of the series is when they started setting the, t- setting the road to kill him. And it's, it's crazy because you're doing all these stories, you're doing all this interesting stuff, knowing that the end game is he dies in the fall, in the summer of 2016. Or spring. Tragic. Yeah. yeah. Tragic. Justice for uh, New 52 Superman. That's the hashtag. <laughs> um, and, you know, that, that, that happens in this film. Uh, or this universe, I guess, in a weird way. Until the until the Justice League actual version comes out sometime in the future. But yeah, it just really was like, all right, nobody likes the Superman. Let's just bring in the truth and justice Superman in the next film. So But like was that a was that an actual decision that was made? And whose de- whose decision was that? Is that what Snyder actually was going to do from the beginning with his Superman? I have a real hard time believing that. I don't know if we should comment on that. That's- maybe we should wait. <laughs> maybe we should wait to talk about that. Yeah, maybe. Um, speaking of stuff, uh, well, this is a good minute for that, Nate. Yeah, uh, uh, we didn't even talk about what we're doing. We're doing minute number 162 that entire time. We haven't even introduced this thing. <laughs> yeah, how far are we in this? 13 minutes 13 now. minutes. Uh, minute number 162, that's going to start out with the uh, the ending of um, uh, the Trinity, not really the Trinity. Um, standing, Lois Lane. Lois Lane's in there. in there. They're standing over uh, the Cal's dead body. Anyway, the Pieta. Um, Dawn of Pieta. Dawn of Pieta. I like that. Maybe I should change that title <laughs> from yesterday. Um, and then the minute's going to end with um, what appears to be Lex Luthor getting apprehended by uh, some military yeah. boyos. I totally forgot about this scene being in this week. I totally forgot it was here. Yeah. and uh, But before we get into that, we got to talk about this scene because we're talking about yeah. stuff about, we were talking about it yesterday. how how was this universe supposed to play out as far as Superman and his transition into classic Superman and, and stuff like that. In this moment, we we're back at this beautiful shot that we got from yesterday's minute, and uh, there's been a change of hands of, of how this DC cinematic universe is going to continue, for better or worse. It's up to you to decide. But um, this moment right here, um, there's been this this uh, kind of fan contribution event thing on social media lately um, on Vero and Twitter. Uh, hashtag BVS references, um, in which Zack Snyder and uh, Fiona, essentially people better than us doing our job way eh, better. The whole community is. is <laughs> I've, I've put out one. Oh, one, you put out Mark. I put one reference out there. It's the Frederic poster from Minute Thirty Four with Al- Alessandro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we also need to talk about that Lancelot Halberd from Excalibur. That's for sure. But anyways, uh, this before all that came out, uh, Zack Snyder had some thoughts or some uh, opinions. Opinion, not even opinion, just statements about this scene right here, because um, someone was asking about the three cross, three crosses in the background. Um, on top of being a Jesus allegory, a Christian allegory, um, Zack Snyder said that these three crosses were then a foreshadowing to the second Justice League film that 
does not exist anymore or there's no plans to make that yet um and so way back in time you had man of steel you had this film coming out and then you had justice league and then the second justice league film which may have been a two-parter um this is the death of superman in this movie and it was implied that more deaths were to follow with these other crosses um and so that's what you can do your own inferences from then on. But uh, yeah, it seemed like what most people believe is that the rest of the Trinity were going to maybe bite the dust in the, in the future. But um, yeah, those were his words on that. And uh, you know, ever since we've, we've just been having um, a wave of, of tons of Easter eggs What's and references the other painting that, called? that hmm? What's the other painting called? Um, them taking um, Jesus off the cross, and the other two, the, the other two other uh, uh, guys that were thieves yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I do um, know. Don't know. Right after the they egg. stab him, it's like that's also yeah, yeah. I can't. Oh man, uh, uh, Snyder also cover your that cover your knuckles. <laughs> Those rulers are going to come in fast. Yeah, um, but that's one of the things that I always saw. Um, from this as well was mm-hmm. uh and and they take it down from yeah the it's christian allegories like out the yin yang which yeah. i really do enjoy that because it's good storytelling mm-hmm. it's you know you're taking one of the oldest stories that mankind has actually been able to manipulate and then you add it to you know with a flair of superhero and it's fun it's great it's brilliant yeah I don't know if people would say it's fun, but it's usually when they say I think oh, it's fun. Oh. I like finding the allegory out of like Christianity and Judaism and, and all those things. And I, I think that's fun. I think it's, yeah, it's fun in the sense that it makes me want to cry. And I know some people might see that as a joke, but it's like, no, it's like to to look at Wonder Woman the way she is in this, uh, in this shot, just this Amazonian woman in this armor and she's just like, she has to like look away or like she does this one thing where she, her head leans up and then she goes down and yeah. it's beautiful <laughs> and it, it, there's just something about it that it, it is for me I, i'm i'm emotion emotionally invested you know and so yeah it is it is a big deal moment and they treat it as such and they take it very seriously and i'm about it all right yeah. all right all right enough <laughs> of the waterworks <laughs> So uh, this is um, we get into another extended scene. Do we not? Don't yeah, we? I don't think this, this was the original. Um, was this? Was this? I don't think it wasn't the. This episode. was released on YouTube by yeah. Warner Brothers as like, hey, here's a deleted scene because people wanted the people were already asking for. They were like, release the Snyder cut, but for Dawn of Justice back then, you know, mm-hmm. they wanted that director's cut just like they knew. Watchmen had a director's cut back then. Like, they wanted the rated R version of this movie. They wanted to know what was cut out. What was it like? It was like ten minutes or something like that was taken out. This movie? Yeah, was thirty it? minutes. Thirty minutes. What was the difference minutes. between this and the extended um, cut? And yeah, thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was something that Warner Brothers put out and was like, "Here's a deleted scene, and you can find this on the DVD when it comes out," kind of thing. And not gonna lie, this might be breaking the 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 emotional weight of this moment. It might be 
I want to say it's in the wrong place as far as editing yeah. and pacing of this film. This probably should have been at some point during the Doomsday fight when the action was high and whatnot. We can do stuff like this. But Superman just died, and I don't really care so much about universe building right now as more as like, hey, my homeboy just died. I really need a... You want to cut to the to the farm. I, I want to cut to you know Perry White getting the newspaper, okay. reading you know Superman is dead and the John F. Kennedy reference, which we'll get to yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I let's we gotta we gotta sit. We in gotta that. go, guys. Come on. They were like, <laughs> hey, let's put that scene in here, and I don't know if this is the best place for this scene. I don't think it can be anywhere else where it would actually make somewhat more sense because if you wait a little bit longer. You're into like the funeral and and yeah. into the already past morning of the of Superman. Yeah. So like this has to be. Like, really, oh, well, what happened to Lex Luthor? You don't oh, really well, need this until yeah. you need this scene. And I guess if you're gonna have it, you need the shaving scene with him going bald, and then you have the bat the scene with Batman threatening yeah. him and the thing. And those could all have been closer together, or even in sequence, they could have been one after the other all after because yeah. of the five minutes that we're going to talk about this week, I could have done with the Steppenwolf thing after all of it. We don't need it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think in sequence at the end, like the sh- head shaving sequence kind of thing. Cause there is no, there's just music playing on that thing. You could have just had this, no dialogue, just like a quick, okay. Boots on the ground, lasers on his back. All right. He's getting arrested. And what's, What's hard for me to 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 grasp is that the theatrical cut of this version is the true version of this film because this scene is not in there. So if you're watching Justice League, this has not happened. You know, you're watching the theatrical cut of Dawn of Justice and then you go into Justice League and you're not you're not ruined by this moment that happens between Lex Luthor and Steppenwolf. Like that doesn't come into play in justice league. The Steppenwolf that we see here doesn't come into play in justice league. And so it's like, it's almost like this scene now almost breaks continuity yeah. in the weirdest way. Um, which is unfortunate, but Warner brothers lucked out by not having it in the theatrical cut. Cause now it doesn't, it doesn't impede on their on their Justice League film that they try to put. Does it, it does, uh, does it, or is it? I mean, I took it as like hint, hinting and, and and foreshadowing I don't Justice know. League because he's got the three, he's got the three mother boxes, which obviously he's trying to get them in Justice League, but he could be talking to Luthor about them. Like you don't, yeah. when you watch this, you don't know what those three boxes are. Um, and yeah, his visual is a bit different than what we're gonna see in. But that's that's not uncommon yeah. to have an uncast character no. in one film look a bit different than his cast version in another film. Yeah, I kind of took this as like a um, like the Liquid Geo had. It's like a database kind of thing. It's like, oh, play me the video of of what you had know on Steppenwolf. So like, this is just Krypton's and the Liquid Geo's like uh, <sighs> depiction of Steppenwolf. Like you know, he he still looks kind of menacing he doesn't look like a weird pale i took it as a communication alien thing like it's still oh is it, i mean see i I, th- I thought this was like looking in the in the past like this is steppenwolf like either losing or oh, but, giving but away that... other boxes um if it's a communication i, I can see them 
talking, I guess. Well, now having, now having like, seen oh, Justice League next. and realizing that Luthor is not involved in that plot, um, I guess it, it is, it, it's mm-hmm. not a – he could just be looking up information. So whenever he tells later that you know the, the yeah. they're coming, it could just be his inference of what's going on in the universe. Not, I always talk that he was actually in, in communication with Darkseid somehow. And one of the one of the themes I took out of this film is that he has brought to the world everything that he accused Superman of being and hating. That's a good way to look at it. Like he was the one to launch the beacon. Ooh, nice one. But again, you don't need this scene, like because in the Justice League film that we have right now. They're gonna they're they're gonna let you know about these mother boxes, you know. There is, I think, in almost every yeah. See, and then okay, there might be the continuity thing. What brings Steppenwolf to Earth is the death of the Kryptonians, not Luthor sending a message saying, "Hey, I just I killed a Kryptonian." Like he, that didn't happen. Or was it Cyborg? He was a see like, yeah, they. The way Justice League goes down in in the version that we have currently, they they bring you up to speed in their own way that I think is is different than how it was gonna play out, especially with this scene involved. And so that's what I'm saying with like the theatrical cut, like you don't you no longer need this scene to because Justice League is gonna do its own thing to to bring you up into the mother yeah. box thing. They'll explain it to you in their way. And and that'll be that, but like, yeah, it it it's it's very like this scene almost seems like it's it's obsolete now, probably. Yeah, in a weird way. Maybe you know if another version of Justice League comes out, maybe then we can see like like okay, well then there's the ultimate edition path where you have to watch Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition, and then you go watch Justice League Ultimate Edition. And you go down that path, or you can go the theatrical path route. Like this is Legend of Zelda, and there's like two timelines. But it's like I guess you could see it that way. But yeah, it's like this scene doesn't—it uh, doesn't belong anywhere near the Justice League. Yeah, film, in a weird way, but because of the Justice uh, League, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, this set design is really cool, though. Like the when the troops come in, they're and they're going through the the labyrinth and they're like walking amongst this place. It it just looks really really cool. Um, but do you think you guys think he's actually talking to Steppenwolf, or he was just getting like a history? I think it was just like a little history lesson. Yeah, like a little history lesson. But because he has the boxes, he has all three. What is, what is so then you would have to be like. All right, well, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe it was the history lesson that we get in Justice League film, but he's watching it in a different way. Yeah. Which could be seen that way. Um, and uh, they were also get like planets that are like circling over him, like moons or something. Hey, they're planets. It could be. Wait. What do you mean, two. wait? I was thinking, like, is that our planet? Is it our solar system? I don't know. Or maybe it's Apocalypse. Count how many there are. One, Don't two, do that. One, two, three, four. <laughs> I'm bad with numbers. That's five, <laughs> six, seven. I will point out that uh, Lex Luthor is just looking like he's having a blast in this 
what pool is it? of it, pomegranate juice or something. The cranberry farm. Cranberry farm. Yeah, ocean spray <laughs> commercial. Yeah, I know, right? It's supposed to be like it's like the doomsday blood. It's, and, and, it's and a lot of water and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Ugh, that sounds disgusting. Oh man, it's just like a pool of corn syrup. All right, Jesse, you're just gonna dive in here. You did the mud. Did you do the mud walk? I didn't do the mud. When walk. he turns around and looks at him, it's almost yeah, like he's saying, "Please get me you out did of the this." Mud walk in yeah, I I've always like okay. So yeah, let's talk about how he reacts. Cause he's, in my opinion, he's very. Uh, you know when Lex Luthor like comes in contact with Brainiac and he gets like the level twelve intelligence or whatever that people want to call it, and it's like then he's like just so like oh I'm so like omnipotent or something like yeah. that it's like batman when he sits in like um metron's chair or whatnot yeah and so like they get these moments of just like i've been hit with so much knowledge like you and, can't even touch me and it's like I, <laughs> and it's like i but it's like i can't even function as a human being because i'm just so illuminated like mentally and so like i feel like that's what's happening with like suit here is he's like like he's no longer aware of his body, like his physical presence, because he's just so like, I've had all this knowledge just thrown into my brain. And, you know, like I always felt like when, when the hologram is over and he's starting to realize that he, his physical body is being apprehended by secret agents or whatever, these secret secret agents like <laughs> i don't know what they are like i don't know what it is just military it's like it's like seal team six kind of dudes. yeah exactly <laughs> and so secret like, agents and so like then like he's totally spies is gonna come and pick him up. yo I'm, I'm ready for that totally spies movie dude. yo live action i'm about yeah that. anyway anyways uh and so like he has to be like okay wait let me let me realize where i am right now but it's like yeah he his brain is you know. He's just on a totally different level, man. Yeah, like, he literally he's not is. on Earth anymore. Yeah, that's exactly like how- nothing that they can do. Nothing will come close to what he just figured out and was able to learn. Like he's probably been in his head for like hours, you know, just yeah, just completely in there. His brain is him, and then he's just like, oh wait, oh there's people here. I guess I got yeah. And so I've always had that feeling. I've always like felt that in this scene where he was just like so, so deep in his in his thoughts and like figuring out so much about the universe. And that's all I could think about. He's just so invested. Like everything else is just so small compared to what he yeah, just learned. Exactly. Um, Good acting. Yeah, just phenomenal. He's like almost like he has to reboot like his his human body to be like okay let's all right we're back here on Earth and like it's like he's enlightened like he's come down from like a trip you know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I'd be tripping pretty hard if I were to get in a pool of cranberry juice yeah right I mean I don't know what they, it looks like yeah. pomegranate yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's a, like a lot of texture juice. going on there I don't know what they did yeah. It yeah. looks cool. They just. I want to know what it is. They gutted a bunch of pumpkins and just threw it oh, into the God, pool. that'll smell so bad. You know, that we were talking earlier accurate, about New 52 you know? Superman. Um, Lex Luthor in that history has only been arrested once. 
Didn't he arrest uh, himself? No, it was it was about a year or a year before you know the the present day. Uh, about a year earlier, he got caught with like controlling people with power, the the green power suit and everything, and uh, got arrested. And so, whenever the present day opens, he's already in prison. And whenever for evil happened, forever evil happens, he gets out of prison. Mm-hmm. But you have this yeah, this yeah, Luthor that. For most of their history, he was just out there doing his thing. He gets arrested once, and then after that, he gets free and is Luthor again. Um, and that's mm-hmm. a difference from the Silver and Bronze Age, like Luthor, who was in, he was in and out of prison, you know, the way that I'm in and out of a Taco Bell drive-through. It's just you know, it's every other day, lots of lots of trips <laughs> to prison. Um, and then you have like post-crisis Lex Luthor who was arrested once for a really minor thing years and years and years ago. And he spent all of his life hating Superman ever since then. It's just different ways of taking it. But I, I think this, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the timeline goes, kind of resembles new 52 the most and that Luthor has been Luthor didn't really, you know, as Superman's history got underway, his hatred for Superman built and now he's gotten himself into trouble and he's getting arrested. And that's kind of the shape that New 52 Luthor took. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can definitely see um, um, Jeff Johns' involvement in that as well. Because, um, I mean, what he did with the character through Forever Evil after that, like he... I love that story. Yeah, like made that character so much like, oh, you, you thought you knew Lex Luthor? Nah, here you go. Yeah. Like that was in- insane. And... um even what Morrison was doing in the beginning of in, in Superman, um, when Lex was in jail, I think that was Morrison's run or something like that. But um, yeah, it was just uh, I wasn't really too into New Fifty Two Superman at the start there, but uh, it grew on me mainly through Action Comics. But um, it was a good it was a good Luthor, yeah, a good thought, Luthor trip. I thought somewhere in New Fifty Two there was a part where like Lex was like, "Hey, I built this prison that only." <laughs> That not even I can escape yeah, from. And yeah. so he's like stuck. That's right. So it, the prison they ended like, up putting him in was mm-hmm. the one that he like, had created, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah, he created, he couldn't get out of it. And so he was, yeah. I remember that being a thing. Good good uh, cover art on that one, I remember. But yeah. Um, so, I mean, if he, if he mirrors the new 52 one, the most to you guys you don't feel a sense of like them trying to do that whole bit where he may seem like he's turned to the the light side of things or, oh the light yeah no no, you no, know no, like, no. like where he's justice like, league lex Luthor justice kind of league thing. lex yeah. you don't see that a, a thing in the, in no. the foreseeable future it was you? um no i enjoy reading about it it was fun especially during like um yeah, after he, he, he was when lex Luthor was superman it was yeah. fun because it's yeah yeah it was it was a it was a good idea for that character to um, you know, spend years and years of, of hating this one, you know, alien who's calling himself Superman, where he instead is just like, no, I'm Superman. Like, I, what are you talking about? I'm the best man ever. I am like, a man. Yeah, exactly. And that was like his mindset through it all. That was really fun turn on the character. Um, I can't see Jesse Eisenberg's uh, Lex turning into what the New 52 Lex was eventually. Something, maybe uh, the age plays a big unless- deal. Unless you, unless in the next story that involves him and Superman, he has a, an arc of 
trying to get over his inferiority complex I don't or, want his, that. or his superiority complex. But I mean, if you wanted to do that, if you wanted to make a case where Lex Luthor and Superman have to maybe work together, you have to have Lex Luthor come down and break through this, this superiority complex. But in the scene that we're looking at right now, that's never going to happen because he is he's fulfilling his his guilty pleasure of being the most superior thing and and proving that no one else is better than him um it's been his whole drive this entire movie he kind of gets what he wants he kind of wins like he doesn't really lose at all um superman is dead uh he's he's got a vast wealth of knowledge that no one has at all um he pretty much he doesn't really lose in this movie so i mean to to break that and to try to curve his character into something else um it would just seem really forced yeah yeah um but uh i'm I, i'm all about this lex Luthor in this film um they can probably do whatever they want with him now we wouldn't have much to to fight against you know um but at least we'll always have this movie we can look back on and they go Wow, this this Lex Luthor was was quite this Jesse Eisenberg character that we get. Mm-hmm. You know, not not even like Lex Luthor, just this performance that we got and the writing that they made for this villain, I think uh, is a national treasure. <laughs> I agree. I'm in love with this. Lex I Luthor. agree. Um, I didn't have a whole lot for this minute. This it's it's uh, it's John, interesting. Do you have, do you have and y'all helped me see a lot more with the whole Steppenwolf. You know, I was interpreting it very differently, but I hadn't really gone back to think about it since Justice League came out. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of thoughts on this one. All right, cool. Alrighty, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minutes and also the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And don't forget, you can uh, drop us a five-star review on iTunes. We love reading those out over the podcast, so definitely do that. And, uh, yeah, help other people find our show out so they can listen to us too. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.